The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Welcome to the Modern Christian Men Podcast with your host, Kale Nelson. Hello and welcome into the Modern Christian Men Podcast. Been quite a while, unless you've just now found the show. And you're just listening to the next episode. <laughs> My name is Kale. Welcome in. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you listening to the podcast and hanging out with me here. I am a recovering podcaster. Maybe is the best way to say that. I have uh, I've just recently quit a program that I started back in 2014, which actually um, has a lot to do with me taking some time off in this program because. Yeah, I took some time off of that one as I was planning and trying to figure out uh, my best escape, for lack of a better term there. You see, uh, you may not know the kill story, and that's okay if you don't, because we have nothing but time here on the show. So, you know, I got to thinking, as I kind of reset, press the reset button on this program, the Modern Christian Men Show, why don't I, I share some things about that? And uh, first, let me say that this uh, the studio I'm in now is a different facility. Uh, I've For almost four years, I've podcasted from a horse barn way down in the country with no internet, no air conditioning, no heat. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a horse barn, but that was like the only quiet space I had at home. Now I have since moved into a building in town where I have central heating and air conditioning, a beautiful internet connection, and some really nice, uh, really really nice digs here. So it's um, this is a it's a room actually in my wife's business that we have taken and decided to dedicate to uh, podcasting. We've dedicated it to uh, ministry, whether it be men's ministry podcasting, whether it be uh, sitting with someone who who has a need that we can maybe uh, be be a listening ear, be a shoulder to cry on. Uh, so anyway, it's a twelve by twelve room. And it looks really nice compared to my horse barn. The best part, again, is the uh, heat and air conditioning as well as Internet. Yes, I podcasted for almost four years uh, on the old show uh, with no Internet, no air conditioning. It, it was it was a trip. So let's let's go back in time. Um, my name is Kale, and that's spelled C-A-L-E. It's uh, short for Caleb. You might recognize that name, but I wasn't named after the guy in the Bible. I was... Named after the race car driver, Kel Yarborough. Way back in 1973, my dad was a fan. So that's what happens. So think about that. You know, when you have kids and you're really big into, like, I don't know, Marvel. You know, don't, don't name your kid Tony Stark because you're probably not always going to be a Tony Stark fan. <laughs> Just, I love my name. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've come to find out my name means something that I always, that I never knew it meant. Um, and maybe I'll talk about that later. But uh, this is this is just me sitting here in the studio kind of by myself wanting to kind of catch up with you. And uh, again, thank you for listening. If this is your first time, I've got some episodes previous that are awesome, and I can guarantee you I've got some awesome things on the way. So uh, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, speaking of subscriptions, uh, I had a Facebook presence before. I've given all that up. It was just too much. I want to talk about that in a few minutes. But let me let me just tell you my story here. Uh, 1991, anybody remember that? I was in 11th grade. Uh, for some reason, I woke up one day and realized that God had called me to ministry. The weird part about that is uh, I was not living a life that would have pleased God at that moment, and uh, yet I still felt the call. 
So I told my dad, you know, put it off for a while. And I finally got around to telling my dad, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> your son feels like he's been called to ministry. So he set an appointment up with our pastor at the, the church that we were attending there at the time. And, you know, I was really excited about it because I was just totally lost on, you know, how do you how do you become a minister? You know, how do you what's the ministry look like kind of a thing? And I was really excited to have this opportunity to sit down with this man, this learned man, well respected in the uh, the community, uh, not just the church, not just where we lived, but in you know like a state national level. A very very knowledgeable, well read man. So we we go into this meeting. I got to actually miss some time in school one afternoon. Got out early for this meeting uh, with my pastor, my dad, and um, you know I walk into the man's office and sit down. He's like. So what's going on? And, uh, you know, <laughs> I've never been timid, but it's, I, I really didn't know how to express myself. And so my dad spoke up and said, um, you know, Kel's been, Kel says he's been called to the ministry. <laughs> like, who believes that, right? And uh, just don't really, don't really know what to do next. You know, never, never had this bridge to cross before. And um, he looked at me, Kel, is it true? I mean, do you feel like that, you know, God's called? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I did. I, I was sure, sure, completely convinced. And um, so <laughs> my pastor, this man who who I've learned to respect, you know, in this time that he's been at this church, and my dad sitting there with me confirming that we're there to trust this man's opinion, uh, behind him is just a library full of knowledge, and inside of him, you know, is, is knowledge. And on the wall, there's examples of all this knowledge he has, these papers, these certificates. And the man looked at me across the table, a 17 year old kid, you know, tears in his eyes. I've been called to, to be in the ministry. Don't even know what that looks like. And he just kind of claps his hands together and says, well, we just need to get you in the seminary. And, uh, you know, you go through that and, when you finish that up, you, you find you a, a church to a, to go get a job at as a youth director and get started in the ministry. And I kind of looked at my dad. My dad kind of looked at me, and dad's shaking his head. Yeah, yeah it makes sense to me. And I, and I asked him, I said, that's it? Yeah, yeah, you want to be a minister, you got you to gotta go to school, you got to, you know. <laughs> and, and that was it. That was, thanks, you know. That was a quick, easy 30-minute meeting. And... um I got on home and went to work at Radio Shack that afternoon, and I I can almost assuredly tell you that from that point forward, I slipped further and further away from God than than I had been to that point. And I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not blaming that man. I'm not blaming my dad. But I came there really needing something, and I walked away with just nothing. And maybe that's all that man had to offer me. Maybe that's all he knew. Maybe that's what he got when he got his call and maybe that's just why he's where he's at today. I don't know. But, but I know now looking back 26, 27 years later that there's a lot more to it than just attending a school and getting a certificate, that there's a lot more to it than just, and look, if you've gone to seminary, if you just come out and now you're a youth pastor, I'm not beating up your choice, but there's more to it. I believe than that. And it's taken me a very long time to get to the point where I can I can understand that and I can receive that there's more to that. I can perceive that there's more to that. And now I know really, 
if I can put it to words, I'm not sure, but I can tell you that I was seeking more from a leader at that time than I received. And what I was seeking was spiritual guidance. I really needed that. I, you know, I, I grew up in a, a believing home. My parents, you know, we didn't miss Sunday and Wednesday, Sunday night, youth choir, you know, whatever. We Mission trips, we did it all. But, you know, there's a lot of superficial Christianity when it comes to things like that, especially it, it, at least in the 90s when I was there in the midst of it. And I didn't realize that there was a much deeper place for me to be with God than where I was at. And I didn't realize that I had been called to something a lot bigger than just going to a school in Texas or Louisiana and getting a piece of paper to get a job somewhere and be a youth pastor. Now, I've I've since grown to understand that those positions are incredibly hard. I can't imagine, and you've heard me say it with, with Pastor Tim before, um, when we talked a couple of shows ago about being a youth pastor and how that's just kind of overwhelming for me personally um, because of how social media and connectivity has really changed the the feel of pastoring youth that it did 25, 30 years ago. So anyway, um, I, I never wanted to be a youth pastor to get that out of the way. I, I keep saying youth pastor, but it was kind of like the American dream in the 90s as a kid. You're coming up and you're told, well, I need you to finish high school. And when you finish high school, I need you to go to college. And then you get a degree and you get a job. And when you get a job, you go to the bank and you get a mortgage and you buy a house. And then you go back to the bank and you get a loan to buy a car. And then you get married, and then you and your wife have 1.25 kids, and you, you live in this house, and she has a job, and you have a job, and you have a mortgage, and you have two car payments, and then you get a couple of credit cards. That was how I was raised. That's what I was taught. And that was, at the time, it was the American dream, and I found out that that's not much of a dream. It's a nightmare. So for me, I, I didn't go to school. I finished high school. And uh, I began building my resume, which is about seven or eight pages long now. Um, God, I could talk about that too, but but that's not really where I want to go right now. Um, I, I know that a lot of people are probably listening to this program like, okay, so where's Kel been since October? Because here's what happened. Uh, started in 2014, I began a podcast about amateur radio, the ham radio hobby. Uh, it became almost an immediate success where we were – you know, 10,000 downloads a week, uh, launched two additional programs out of it, had all kind of sponsors. Not that that makes any money, by the way, but uh, maybe that's an ego stroker. I don't know. But but I had sponsors. It was a real show. I mean, it was um, it was, it was a great show, honestly. It had a great following. I know a lot of guys that listen to that program are here listening to this one. So I want to address them as well as just the um, the the guy who's just stumbled by a Christian men's podcast and like, what is this guy talking about? Well, you need some background history to know where I've been so you can see where I'm going. So I started a podcast in 2014 about amateur radio. It's a hobby. It's a communications hobby. We have radios and we talk across the county. We talk across the world. It's it's cool. I'll put a show a link in the show notes if you're interested in that. There's 99 programs I created and I invite you to go check those out. Hamradio360.com was the website for that show. So created the program, tremendous following. And I began it in July of 2014, June or July of 2014. In August of 20, I'm sorry, October of 2014, um, a friend of mine 
who's also happens to be a cousin. It's kind of weird because we're we're more friends than we are cousins, but we're closer cousins than we are friends. It's weird. Anyway, his name's Rob. I need to have Rob on the show. Uh, Rob's an awesome dude serving the Lord. But uh, Rob was over at my house, him and his wife Rose, and I said, you know, Rob, I'm doing this podcast for Ham Radio. I said, but God's telling me that he really wants me to podcast for men and to be able to talk to men about their place in the kingdom. Um, and this ham radio thing feels like it's a, it's like a, a Kickstarter. It's like a way for me to learn the technology, learn the terminology, how to create a program, you know, some things like that. And uh, I just really feel like God's wanting me to do that. You know, I'm, I'm compelled. And he encouraged me as Rob always does. Cause Rob's serving men himself. And I, um, <laughs> With that knowledge, I spent the next couple of years trying to find an excuse not to uh, not to do the Modern Christian Men podcast. I actually spent a year and a half not creating this show um, <laughs> because I could not determine which intro song I wanted to use. I mean, who else is out there like that? I mean, you know that you've been told to do something. You feel compelled by the Almighty. The Holy Spirit moved and said, Okay, Jack, I got to get you to do this. And you're like, well, you know, God, I'll do it when I have $100,000 in the bank. God, you know, um, let me pay my car off first. Well, you know, I'll go on that mission trip uh, once I get my credit card paid off or something. And we, we find an excuse. Man, I found I used the same excuse for a year and a half to not produce the program, episode one, uh, because I couldn't determine which song I liked as an intro. And looking back now, it, it seems comical, but at the same time, it's very sad because I know that I was just missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, not only to speak into you and and to share with you helps, but to, yeah, that's what we're doing this for. I'm doing this for is to help me. I, you know, I'm talking to Kale. So I have to apologize for that on a near constant basis because I, I, when I launched the show, the joke was, you know, he spent 25 years running from his ministry call. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that don't believe who aren't believers or who have a, a very maybe shallow faith, they don't really understand what that means. But as someone who has made great strides to know the Lord better um, and to, to be in a more intimate relationship with him through the Holy Spirit, um, that's quite embarrassing. So, you know, there may be somebody right now you're listening and you're like, you know, I, I was called when I was in high school. I was called three weeks ago. Um, we're all called. And, we, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that you have to have a church. You don't have to have a degree. Uh, you don't have to have a podcast. You just, you have to be Jesus. You have to live as Jesus in the world. And that's tough sometimes. <laughs> And well, that's where the show is going. So if you're wondering, God, man, Kale's just rambling. This is going to be a rambling Kale show. You might want to listen to this in like two, 2.5 speed. But uh, the upcoming programs, where we're going to talk to guys who are hard-hitting, uh, working in the kingdom and making a difference. That's that's what this show is about. That's where we're headed. But I just felt like I, I needed to share with you why I've been away and where I'm planning to go. So 2014 created a podcast about ham radio. A few months into that show, I was firmly convinced again that the ministry call was for me to minister to men through the medium of podcasting regarding their place in the kingdom and their place in the world. So I put it off <laughs> for years, 
And my wife, Carla, finally came to me one day and she said, you know, guys, if, you, if you're not aware of this, if, if your wife's a believer and she, she loves Jesus, she's going to hear from him before you do. And uh, that way she can confirm what you just heard, right? And not argue with you when you get it. So my wife came and she said, uh, I think that your, your stubbornness, your inability to be obedient. I mean, you talk about some words, man. Your inability to be obedient to the Lord is causing a problem with our moving forward. And whether that's financially, spiritually, physically, mentally, whatever, uh, your disobedience kills getting in the way. This show has to go on. So, you know, like a good little Christian guy, I said, yeah, I, I can do that. I can create a podcast, man. I mean, heck, it's not that hard. And uh, so I launched the Modern Christian Men Show, 12 or 13 episodes. Uh, and it was great, man. I had some awesome conversations with guys. And I know that there were a lot of men out there who heard those programs because you contacted me. And it, it did something for you, which is awesome. That's what it's supposed to do. That's the reason I'm creating this thing. But I did it in all transparency. I did it out of sense of obligation, not necessarily out of obedience. I, f- I knew that I was supposed to. I knew that I had to. And I I guess I kind of felt like, well, if I just do it, then it's done. And the Lord will be happy with me, and Jesus won't be you know, pushing my wife to push me, and I'm not getting pushed from all these sides. The sad part about that is, is that when you when you operate that way, you you kill the guy creating the program misses out on something, and it wasn't until I finally got real with myself regarding the other podcast, the Ham Radio Show, that was tremendously successful, generating some income, not a whole lot by the way, a huge audience of people, and I don't say this like bragging because that's. It's it's not that important, but just you know, it wasn't just like there were five people listening. You know, ten thousand downloads a week. It was a very popular show in a very niche market, and uh, had a lot of success. I mean, heck, I was a I got to go be a uh, keynote speaker at a podcasting conference in Florida. I was invited to come down and share about how you know I was successful in podcasting. It wasn't just a joke, and it started out as a joke and turned into something real. But I learned through that time that I was focusing more on that, and it was taking all of my time and focus away from the call that I had to share with you about your place and my place and our authority in the kingdom. So I just had to stop. It, it just, you know, I was praying about it. I'm like, God, if this isn't what you want me to do, you, you've got to take this away from me. You've got to give me a release. You've got to show me that. This isn't what you've got for me to do. And I was praying sincerely about that. And and through a lot of circumstances, which just really don't need to be aired in public, um, God allowed me to see that what I was doing was not pleasing Him because it wasn't glorifying Him. Yeah, there were guys listening that knew I was a Christian that would listen to that show, and I guess they could hear it in me or whatever, and they'd go over and listen to the other show, and it was encouraging them but it was a show about ham radio. And one of the things about ham radio, the hobby, it's a gentleman's hobby. And one of the things is you don't do politics, you don't do religion on the radio. And I held my show to those standards. 
and I didn't discuss any political things, and you know we've had plenty of that, right? And I didn't discuss any religion. It just wasn't necessary in that in that venue. So I just left that stuff alone. And then I come over here, and I'm wondering, you know, can I can I just kind of play with this thing and and just kind of just do it? So she'll leave me alone, and the Holy Spirit will leave me alone, and and I'll feel like I've done something for the kingdom. And the reality was that wasn't it. So I began understanding that I was. And I was just getting further and further in disobedience, which is, you know, if you got kids, you know how that goes, right? So I decided to press the pause button. Matter of fact, I decided to quit the ham radio show completely. And one of the co-hosts who had started another program, I'd helped him and another guy launch another show. He came to me and says, Kel, you can't quit. This is too big. It's too awesome. Too many people love you. Can you please just like not quit, but take a break? So I agreed. I, I I really didn't want to. Honestly, I wanted to quit. But I said, okay, I'll take a three-month break. So the last quarter of the year, I didn't produce any shows. And I was like, hey, I can focus on modern Christian men. I didn't produce any shows. Um, Pastor Tim's on my last show in October. But what what happened to me in that time, it was in – I didn't mean to lip smack there. That drives me crazy. Uh, what happened was – I started reading because I hadn't had any time to read, and I'm just a reading machine. I sat down and I said, I want to read some stuff. I went to the library, and I looked, and I said, "Uh, this Lester Summerall guy really intrigues me. So I went to the library that had none of his books in my local library system. So they can get library books from other libraries if you'll request it. It takes a while, but they can do it. It's free. So my thought was, I, instead of going to Amazon and buying you know twenty seven books from Lester, I'm going to get them at the library. Just you know, I'm just intrigued by what he's writing. I, I read and studied a little bit about it, his thing. So, um, long story short, and they weren't all Lester Summerall books, but within like two months of me pausing my podcast, I'd read like fourteen books, and I'm not talking about pamphlets. I'm reading books. I'm studying the Bible. I'm digging in, and God begins doing something with me, and it's the weirdest thing. And and I really hope that I can. Exp- express it to you because it's it's something like I've never experienced before but it's something that I think God's wanting to do with us all but I think it's something he's wanted to do with me for a very long time and the very long very short long story of this is I began pruning as I prayed and as I sought God and I read his word and I studied him through other people's experiences and writings, I learned a lot, and there's so much to talk about. We'll have programs, I'm sure, coming up about the kingdom, about our place, about authority, about being co-heirs with Christ, about being adopted into his family, all these things that, that I want to address with you. But it's just too big for this one program, you know, 22 and a half minutes already. So <laughs> here I am. I'm studying these things, and God began releasing me from things. Now, I'm not talking like drugs, alcohol, pornography. I beat all those things, thank you, Jesus, years ago. But I began shedding things that were taking the place of what place he wanted. Things, if if we need to call them idols, we can call them idols, or whatever they are. They were taking the space in my life that should have been his, that should have been my wife's. So... um I stopped the podcast, 
I turned off all social media. I took all browsers off my, my smartphone. The only thing I actually left on my smartphone was Amazon, eBay, and Solitaire. <laughs> it's not very smart when that's all you have, but that's all that was on there. And um, by, by just completely just removing myself from social media was huge. Um, because I, I hadn't even been in the social media until I began the Ham Radio 360 show in 2014. First time I'd ever had a Facebook page. And you want to talk about something that just sucks the life out of you? That will do it. Now, you do what you want to with social media. I'm not, I'm not like on a crusade here to shut it down and get you to cut it off. But for me personally, it wasn't worth it. The return on investment was not worth it. I'm going through this stuff, and I'm feeling like people are looking at me differently. My wife is just grinning, do you know? And I'll tell her, you know, these decisions that I'm making, these things that I'm doing just don't make any sense, you know? I had a friend of mine, Pokey, called me, and that's his nickname, by the way. He called me one day, and I had had been a member of a, uh, a radio organization locally for emergency situations, and I had resigned. I had like a place of leadership there, and I resigned. About a week later, he called me to, I guess, accept my resignation. And he said, are, are you like, are you, are you being called to preach or something? <laughs> the funny part about that was the answer was no. But even he told me, he said, you know, people that are doing what you're doing, people that are reacting the way you're reacting and, you know, cutting the things off that you're cutting off from yourself. He said, that's not normal unless God's got something to do with it. And he was right. It's not normal. And of course, we're not supposed to be normal. We live in this one, but we're not a part of it, right? So anyway, it was um, it was quite odd to me because I was walking through my yard one afternoon, and I looked up at my pear tree. It's a real pear tree, not one of those fake pear trees that for the last eight years I've needed to prune. I've never, ever pruned it, and it's a hot mess. And it doesn't really produce like you'd want it to, but it does produce some pears. And I've wanted to – I've wanted – to prune this thing for years and I just forget, you know, something else happens. <laughs> Your old podcast gets in the way or whatever. So anyway, it's like God spoke to me and he said, this is pruning. You're that, you're that tree kale. And what we're doing right now is pruning. So I'm sure there's some, you know, some unbelievers that are listening now and they're just kind of freaked and they're like, what is this guy talking about? You know, what is, what is being called? What is this pruning thing? And, you know, Kel's just lost it, and this is why we're glad he's not doing ham radio podcasting anymore. Um, here, here's the thing. I, I saw the tree, and I realized that that was me, and I had been in the process of pruning myself, which was kind of weird because growing up in the Baptist church, when when you when we talked about when we talked about pruning, it was like it hurt, you know. Like there's something wrong with you. God's going to take it away. He's going to cut it off and throw it into the fire, you know. And you think about being cut. I mean, when you cut yourself with a piece of paper, it freaking hurts, man, you know. And like if you cut yourself with a <laughs> pocket knife or whatever, that hurts too. So. And and I've been cut with a lot of different things. It it hurts every dadgum time. But this was different because it I didn't realize that 
I was helping prune myself. I was, it's almost like an onion. And, you know, you hear the onion, you got many layers to get down to the middle. And that's the truth. I mean, that's, that's a good example. But that, I told my wife, and I don't mean to, any offense by this, but I told Carla, I said, you know, it's like, like I am, um, what was his name? Uh, oh, man, the comic. Oh, it won't come out. Anyway, Dr. Doolittle, what was his name? I want to say Stevie Wonder. It's not somebody screaming at their phone right now. Yeah, I know his name. I can't remember it. Um, Eddie Murphy. There you go. See, remember Eddie Murphy was in those movies and he had to wear the fat suit, you know, and I felt like I was in the fat suit and I had all this stuff kind of on me that I felt responsible for. You know, I'm creating these programs. I've got a big audience that follows me. They expect me to be here. They expect me to be there. I'm expecting myself to create quality content. You know, uh, to create quality content takes a lot of time, takes a lot of power, a lot of uh, dedication. You, know, you have to be present in that all the time. And I'm looking around, and my my wife and kids are just they're, we're, we're just going through life together. You know, and, and I'm a dad, and I'm a husband, man. I want to be good at those things because. You know, my legacy, I don't want my legacy to be a podcast about ham radio. I want my, my legacy to be my kids changing the world. You know, that that's really, <laughs> that's why that's why they're there. They're being raised to be world changers. And I'm looking at all that's going on around me. And I'm thinking, this is taking too much of me away from that. I can't be where I want to be. I can't be as present as I want to be. So I started started sloughing these things off, you know, it's like peeling a corn cob or, you know, take an onion apart or whatever. And I didn't realize that I was pruning myself because I always thought pruning hurt. You know, you've been told, you know, pruning hurts. At least when I was raised in church, they used pruning as an example. Uh, you got to cut that cigarette smoking out. By God, it hurts you. You know, it's going to be hard, but you can do it. Bless God. You know, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It wasn't like that for me. Hey, I quit smoking 24 years ago, cold turkey, and I just prayed about it, and it went away. So God can deliver you from that. If you're dealing with that, you know, God wants to take that from you because that not only is a bad habit, it's also kind of gross now that, you know, 20 years later I'm looking at it. On top of all of those things, it can become an idol to you, and God wants to take that from you. And he will if you'll ask him. I mean, that's how simple it was. I decided to quit. Me, okay, what my mom telling me, what my girlfriend, I mean, they, everybody wanted me to, but it wasn't the pressure. I, I made the decision, and then I prayed, and I thanked God for delivering me from it, and that was it. Woke up the next day, I was done. Haven't touched another one since. Totally off the topic there. But so anyway, uh, I felt like I was wearing a fat suit, but throughout these few months, I began like taking the fat suit off. I took the arms off, you know, I took the fat suit legs off and um i didn't lose any weight underneath by the way but i did take the fat suit off and i realized that pruning at least for me in this situation was nothing like what it had been taught to me as but it was so much better than i ever dreamt it could be you know god doesn't want us to carry around those things that hold us down that hold us back that prevent us from achieving our destiny now is my destiny creating a, a men's podcast to encourage men in their walk with Jesus, I think it's a part of it. I don't think it's the end. I think it's the beginning. 
But for me to focus on this, I had to cut that other thing off. So when people find out, for me, when people found out that I was quitting, I was, I was going to stop. I mean, people lost their minds, dude. I mean, it was crazy. I can't believe you're doing this to us. Why would? Why in the world? And this was limited because there's a lot of you listening that listen to the old show who were very encouraging and very understanding. And I appreciate you and bless you in Jesus' name for those tremendous emails you, you sent, those instant messages and whatnot where you shared with me your desire to serve and even like like a desire to be understanding how I was able to do what I could do so you could apply that in your life. So that's what some of this is here. But I had people that, man, they just couldn't believe it. Why would you walk away? You're at your peak. And I'm like, well, if you're going to quit, you might as well quit when you're at the top. <laughs> but the reality was is that I wanted Jesus to be preeminent. And he could not be preeminent when I had other things in the way. So I had to pull those things off. I had to throw them away, I had to cast them in the fire, whatever you want to say. I mean, you can make it as melodramatic as you like. But the reality is, is that they were in the way, and I wanted Jesus to be the one in charge. So did I, like, you know, quit listening to ham radio? No, but I changed my outlook on all of that. And it became what it's supposed to be. It's a hobby. And it's that's what it is. I, you know, I still enjoy that. Actually, I enjoy it more now than I did then because it had become a basically an unpaying job. And it's hard to enjoy something that you're just slaving after instead of enjoying. So, wow. I kind of dumped that over all on you at one time. And I apologize, but I just kind of wanted to give you an idea of where I'd been, why I'd been there. So as I began to shed these things off of me and understand what God really wanted me to do and why he wanted me to do what he wanted me to do, I didn't realize it, but other people around me, like my friend Pokey, were seeing me in a different light. I mean, my wife would come to me and she'd say, my mom and dad said you're different now. You know, I see my in-laws all the time. You know, my buddy Chris is like, dude, you're different. <laughs> all my friends are you know, people that see me and, and hang out with me and spend time with me. What's happening, man? You're different. And and a lot of them would, would go to Carla and be like, okay, what's wrong with Kale? I mean, because he's just too happy. <laughs> and, and I really can't make an excuse for it. I don't know what to say other than that when when you're seeking, actively seeking the presence and the the call of God in your life. It's kind of like being pregnant, and it's not that I've ever been there. I do have five kids, but, you know, when they say that when a woman is pregnant, she's kind of glowing, you know, you see her and her appearances, but there's something alive on the inside of her that's creating that aura, if you will. And I, and I just have to wonder if it's not the same thing with us when we have that growing inside of us, because I mean, how many of us, you know, got saved as kids, lived like hell for a little while, got tired of it. Our mama begged us to come back to church. We go back to church. We got convicted. We went down the front, got baptized or whatever. And then now we're just kind of like coasting for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's not, we're not out there actively seeking him. We're not out there actively seeking to be used we're just trying not to look at porn, and maybe we're not going to drink beer this weekend because you know we don't need to do that and affect our kids or whatever, whatever, whatever your deal is. And 
you know, we feel like, well, you know, I'm not going to hell. <laughs> At least I'm not going to hell. And uh, I think we're made for more than that. I really do. So for me personally, it was there's got to be a better way. I'm interested in finding that better way. And I'm dedicated to living that better way. And that's what I've decided to do. And there's so many things I want to share. So this program going forward will be a little different than it was in the past. We're still going to have interviews. We're going to have guests come in to share with us and encourage us from where they are and where they've been in their walk with Christ. But there may be times that I feel compelled to come in here and sit down with you and just share my heart with you. We may rehash some things that we've already talked about. But there's a lot of things that I'm firmly believing that God wants us to have a conversation about. That he wants Kel to talk about with himself out loud. That he wants Kel to talk about with you. And I think there's some of you that may have something to say to us as well. Just like my buddy Jim. So, you know, we've we've all been given a voice. And I think that God's just waiting for us to speak on his behalf. Now, does that mean that you're a prophet? No, that doesn't. But if you know his word, you can speak his word in situations and help redeem those situations. A lot of us don't even read our Bibles every day. We've talked about it here before. A lot of us don't even pray every day. I mean, a lot of us don't pray with our wives every day. You know, we've, we've talked. John and I talked about that. So, you know, there's, there's all kind of things that we can do to improve where we are. But number one, we we have to heed our calling. And if your calling is to be the best oil-changing dude at Jiffy Lube, well, then be the best oil-changing dude at Jiffy Lube. If your calling is to be a stay-at-home dad, to be a CEO of a company, to be a, a Methodist minister, whatever you've been called to be, be the best you can. And understand that if you will give yourself over to Christ and give him your best, his best that you will receive for that is far greater than you ever dreamt. I mean, it's it's unimaginable to think, and it's really sad at the same time, that I wasted as much time as I did chasing the wind when I can see how much I've missed by not just being obedient to Jesus. And the whole time he was like, Kale, dude, what are you doing? I'm standing right here. Let's get this thing going. I want to use you, son. <laughs> and I'm over here saying, well, you know, it'd be kind of hard to pick out this, be kind of hard to pick out this song, you know. Well, I'll just, I'll just join that motorcycle group. And we'll just ride motorcycles for Jesus, bless God. You know, I mean, I've done it all, man. I have. And maybe you have too. But that doesn't matter. There's a new thing he's got for us to do. And in this time of our lives, in this time of the world that we're living in, yeah, I'm one of them people that believes we don't have a long time left until the return, which means we have a lot of work in front of us because the harvest is huge. The fields are white, and they're ready to be harvested. How many people out there need Jesus? You probably know more people who are unsaved than you know that are saved. Think about that. Do they even know that you're a Christian? You know, it's like the like the preacher said, if they arrested you for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to prove that you were? <laughs> you know, God forbid. 
But I just want to challenge you until next time. Think about these things. I know this has been kind of a rambling kind of going on. You know, I just trying to share with you where I've been, what's been going on, the reality of, of what's happened in my life and how, you know, I thought I was good with Jesus. I was, I mean, I was saved. No, I'm not going to hell or nothing like that. But there was a lot that I was missing. And I, as time progresses, I want to talk about some of those things more in depth, but I just want you to know that it's, it's a real relationship. And if you're just kind of coasting for Jesus, just stop for a minute and think about the reality of where you stand right now and where you can go with him because his potential is unlimited. And he created you to relish and live in his presence. And he created you to be his representative. So I just want to leave you with that and say thank you for coming back and listening I, I'm I'm not on Facebook anymore. I think that's not a great place to be. I have a very limited Twitter exposure, uh, but uh, I'm all about some email. If you'd like to send me an email, you can send an email to kale at modernchristianmen.com or visit the website, modernchristianmen.com. Contact link is there. It'll get you to my email address. Um, I didn't even talk about cutting my smartphone off but maybe that's a a show for another day we need less distractions in our lives guys and we need to be more focused on Jesus our wives and our children everything else will fix itself if we can fix those three things everything else will be okay I'm living proof I can't wait to tell you about the relationship that my wife and I have moved into since this change kind of started taking place Today's not the day, but I can tell you it's an unbelievable place. And I want to see every one of you listening get there. So, Lord, just be with these men. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to to speak to them. Thank you for this platform. And, Lord, I pray that you'd bless them in the name of Jesus, that they go forth in your strength. Guys, I'm going to go, and I'll be back next time. I got an awesome guest lined up, and I'm thinking that's going to be the next show. Don't spoil it. It's going to blow you away. Till next time, guys. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Men podcast. You can find us online at modernchristianmen.com.